0: Hello, and welcome to Legal Tech Tapas, a regular podcast feeding you bite-sized summaries of the latest legal technologies with me, Andrew Jardine. This week, we're going to be looking into LawGeeks, which is another tool in the AI contract negotiation space. And yes, we have already covered Cicero and Legal Sifter which are also in this space. But hopefully this episode will help you to put some distance between those different tools. In particular, I'm looking forward to doing Law Geeks because they've been going through quite a lot of change recently. And we are lucky enough to be talking about those changes with LawGeeks CEO, Nori Beckor. Okay, very quickly for those that didn't catch the previous two episodes, an AI contract negotiation tool is a tool which is intended to help with the back and forth negotiation redlining of day to day contracts, helping you to do that more quickly, consistently, and also with less error. For those of you that are already familiar with LawGeeks, you'll know that like other AI tools in this space, they are able to automatically locate clauses in contracts using artificial intelligence, and that just helps speed up review time. So you don't have to look for those yourself. And you can also configure some basic rules and logic inside of that tool based on your particular contract standards. For example, you could tell the tool to only accept a contract if the governing law was New York. This is typically focused on simpler high-frequency contracts, things like NDAs and, and other things like that. Something that does clearly separate law geeks from most tools on the market, though, is that they have a technology plus service offering, not just technology. At LawGeeks HQ, there is a permanent team of human lawyers reviewing contracts for situations when the AI raises its hand and says, hey, I struggled a bit on this one, then can you help me out? If you have used LawGeeks before, you'll know that in previous versions, there was a user interface that let you review changes and make edits to contracts. But in what is a pretty dramatic departure from that, LawGeeks has now done away almost entirely with their user interface, instead opting that you simply submit and receive contracts via email, a format most lawyers are probably more comfortable with, to be honest. Really, the only interface that's still there is one that allows you to do the setup and configuration of what your contract policies are. And as if that wasn't a dramatic enough change, LawGeeks has one more trick up its sleeve. They now claim to use AI not only to find clauses, but also to automatically edit contract language in line with your particular policies, not simply locating the language and flagging the issues as we've seen before. So this would make it a direct challenger to the technology which Cicero claims to have pioneered in the market. Although given that LawGeeks now doesn't have much of an interface, it's actually pretty hard to see this technology in action, as you just receive the outputs via email. And these may also have been reviewed by their in-house lawyers. It's now that time of the show where we get to hear a little bit more from the vendors themselves. And so I am delighted to welcome onto the show, Nori Becker, LawGeeks CEO. Hey, Nori, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. My pleasure, Andrew. Uh, Really great to have you on board. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, And before we get into things, I just want to say I really love the Law Geeks marketing and branding refresh you guys did. I can't remember if it was this year or if it was last year, but I just really enjoy how fun it is. You don't see too many companies in this space with branding quite like that. So it's really nice to see.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew. It was at the beginning of this year um, and we did spend a lot of time and thought uh, into this uh, rebranding. Uh, we constantly try to make, uh, you know, a legal and legal technology a bit uh, less boring. So I'm very happy you like it.
0: Okay, well, let's get right down to business. I think first things first, it would be great to learn a little bit about yourself and why you started LawGeeks. and. And no pressure, but if you happen to have an interesting, lesser known fact about yourself, we would love to hear that as well. On the last few episodes, we've had a very musical theme going. So maybe your interesting fact might be a bit different, or maybe it's musical too. I guess we'll see.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So um, I'll start with a bit about myself. Um, I'm 37. I'm married. I have two kids, two boys. Um My older son, Noam, is eight, and my younger son, Ethan, is two. Um, I relocated here to the U.S. uh, with my family about a year ago from Israel, where I was born and raised. Um, My background is international legal and business. I worked at a big law firm for a couple of years, representing a lot of Israeli tech startups, uh, big multinationals, and a bunch of investors. Um, And while doing that, I realized uh, that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I went on and I did my uh, MBA at Kellogg while I was a lawyer. And then I just moved into entrepreneurship. And it was very um, natural for me to go into entrepreneurship in legal, where I actually felt the pain and frustration of uh, how inefficient the legal world was. Um, A bit uh, one fun fact about myself, I guess um, most people don't know, is that I was uh, a gamer growing up. And actually, I'm very proud to have won fourth place in all of Israel in a Tekken 4 competition. So um, I think, you know, in a different future, I would probably go into gaming as opposed to uh, legal technology. Um, Maybe when I retire, who knows?
0: Maybe in another life, you could have been a pro gamer. I, uh, I hear there's a lot of money in Fortnite these days.
1: Yeah, sounds like it. Um, You know, they just had a huge championship um, in the same stadium as the US Open. So definitely lots of money going around.
0: Okay, so, you know, I've already summarized Law Geeks for our listeners and some of the recent changes that you guys have been making, but this is your opportunity to to do that in your own words and most likely better than I could do it. So can you give us your very best elevator pitch for Law Geeks?
1: Yes, of course. Um, So we we started Logix basically a couple of years ago um, out of my own personal pain as a commercial lawyer. I was very frustrated by how inefficient the legal world was and specifically about the fact that lawyers don't really have any good technology at their hands to do their job better. Um, We decided to focus on what we view is one of the biggest problems in legal, which is the process of getting contracts reviewed and approved. Um, And we call this category CRA, Contract Review Automation. So our solution is basically deploying technology, specifically artificial intelligence into the process of automating the review and approval of contracts. So we focus um, on the negotiation phase on a pre-signature and help our clients, mainly corporates, some law firms to automate the process of getting their day-to-day contracts reviewed and approved. Um, That's basically our elevator
0: pitch. Nori, you know a good elevator pitch when it is concise, but an elevator pitch can only do so much. Sometimes you need to bring it into the real world to make those benefits understandable. So do you have any examples of real-world benefits that your clients have seen using Logix? And if so, can you share them with us right now? Of
1: course. Um, So the way I would think about Logix, uh, if I was a listener, obviously the world of contract is is very big, right? It's a huge ocean of different contracts, different um, use cases. Logix um, focuses on automating the simpler use cases, the stuff that are um, more mundane and day-to-day that have high volumes of, that organizations have high volumes of. And we basically try to um, capture the our clients' playbooks, so the set of legal rules that apply to these contracts. How are our clients reviewing these contracts, what are the things that they look for in each of these contracts as they review them manually? So the first step um, in using us is basically defining this digital playbook inside Logix. Once the playbook is set up, we can start automating the review and approval process. Meaning, we have our technology go over through go over uh, these contracts and compare them against the organization's playbook to try and identify discrepancies. So things that are missing, things that um, are there and are unacceptable. Very similar to how a lawyer would review review these contracts. And the value that this can drive, essentially, is replacing the manual review that is done by the customer through this solution, through Logix. And um, so this drives a couple of big values. One, we can really shorten the turnaround time, the time it takes our customers to get these contracts reviewed and approved. Some of our customers, you know, before they start working with Logix, they talk about seven days to get a simple contract like an NDA approved. And once they introduce Logics, they can cut this time to under 24 hours end to end. So this is one, uh, one area of just turning around contracts much faster. Another value is around cost savings, because if I'm automating some of the manual work that is being done by my team using technology, it means that my team doesn't need to spend as much time and resources on these things. So I'm actually saving um, more time and more resources and I can uh, divert these resources to focus on more high value work. So one is time saving, the other is cost saving. Um, And the last part is around basically risk mitigation. So being able to review contracts more consistently because I have this digital playbook that gets implemented on each and every contract uh, in the same way. So these are uh, the values that Logix can drive. Uh, I can give you an example um, with one of the case studies that we've published. So we've been working with eBay that I'm sure people know is a big uh, technology company and we've helped them automate the review of their SOWs. Um, And through this process, basically, we allowed eBay uh, to save, 50% Fifty percent of the cost, and to cut down the time it takes them to review SOWs by fifty percent as well. So this is uh, a good example of the strengths of a this contract review automation technology.
0: Oh, great! Thanks for that, Nori. That's that's really interesting, actually, to hear about your work with eBay. There, of course. Um, so last last question from from me today, and you know we've covered a few similar tools to LawGeeks on this show, and I think people know there are others out there as well. So, what would be really helpful to hear from you on is what do you think is the single most important differentiator that sets you apart from from any other tools in this space of course
1: um so so first of all you know as you know because you also come from legal background when you automate um, uh, a task like getting contract reviewed and approved Accuracy is very, very important, right? Because if you cannot um, review this contract at the same level of accuracy, I'm not going to trust you. So one very important differentiator of Logics is around accuracy. We've spent a lot of time and resources over the last couple of years developing basically the best in breed technology that is able to get these contracts reviewed and approved consistently and very accurately. Now, accurately means two things. A in terms of not making mistakes, but B, also in terms of how deep can you go? The fact that you can actually review the contract uh, to the same level that I review manually, I meaning client, right? So Logics, I think one of the key differentiators, and this is what makes uh, dozens of Fortune 500 customers trust us, uh, including three of the top uh, five insurance companies trust us, is essentially being able to Review these contracts in a consistent, accurate way on an ongoing basis. And the way we achieve this, by the way, is through this very innovative technology that we've been developing over the last couple of years. But also by understanding that technology has its limits and uh, introducing a team of legal QA specialists that ensure that the results that go into the that go back to the clients are very, very accurate. So we have a combination of an AI technology that is very, very uh, robust. But also a process of QAing this technology that ensures very high outcomes. So, you know, I, I would just say the differentiator is essentially that our solution is much more mature. Um, and it's very important when it comes to automating a critical task uh, of contract review.
0: Nori, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It really has been great having you on. I look forward to seeing the continued success of Law Geeks and you know, if you're ever in town, let me know. We'll uh we'll play a game of Tekken together.
1: Thank you very much, Andrew, and good luck. Uh, it was my pleasure speaking with you. Thanks a lot.
0: Now that we've spoken to Law Geeks directly, who do we think should actually be using Law Geeks? Given this is the third tool in this category that we've covered, I think we can safely assume that the AI assistance is going to speed up and improve contract review, with efficiency and quality benefits probably being greater for larger organizations. Now that law geeks have pared down their user interface, I can see them in particular appealing to larger, more change-resistant organizations. Lawyers in those organizations will really be able to just keep doing what they're doing, and they shouldn't really have to adapt or learn anything new. Uh, One minor caveat to this being that there are going to be some upfront configuration of policies that will need to be done, but that wouldn't necessarily be done by individual lawyers, and I also don't think that's significantly different to other tools on the market either. Finally, the additional option of human reviewers that LawGeeks offers in-house might appeal to first-time adopters of AI more than others. Those that are looking for some extra quality guarantees around the output Because let's face it, even the best artificial intelligence can't be 100% right all the time. That's it for this week, folks. Thank you again for listening. If you haven't yet subscribed, I would love you to do so. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or if you prefer a newsletter, we've got you covered for that too. Please subscribe at legaltechtapas.substack.com. Other than that, I'll see you next episode.